0: Off the Ball Rugby started off thinking I was the Brian Driscoll and I worked my way down to Mike Tindall who just was like solid and could run through people My coaches gave me the bible in how to play
1: seven Join in the obsession Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join Rugby Daily
2: on Off the Ball Welcome to Wednesday's Rugby Daily My name is Richie McCormack, and on the way we hear from Gary Ringrose and Craig Casey ahead of this weekend's Interpro at the Aviva We also check in with Paul Boyle and Stuart McCloskey who spoke to Owen Sheehan at today's launch of the Investec Champions Cup, Owen Farrell talks Off The Ball about his father's defence of him prior to the World Cup. And Blair Kinghorn is set for an immediate switch to France. First up today, Owen Sheen was a busy boy today speaking to all and sundry at the launch of the Investec Champions Cup season. We'll begin with Leinster and Munster, who meet this weekend at the Aviva in the URC. The interpro could prove the first big stage for Sam Prendergast to make his mark. Gary Ringrose has been impressed with what he's seen so far from the
3: young out-half. Oh, he was great uh, last week for his first start. Um, The I mean, for to come in, I I actually don't know—is he nineteen or twenty? or 21 well, whatever he is like to come in at 10 you're obviously in the deep end in terms of trying to run the attack and then front up in defence so and, and I think he did that uh, and, and hopefully he continues to do it so is his kicking game um, his passing game um, yeah there's, he's a lot of strings to his bow so hopefully he keeps building on it and, and uh, continue to impress
1: a moment ago you said that it's not about not making mistakes I guess it's how you respond to them what sort of culture do you have in Leinster with regards to calling out mistakes or, or dealing with errors especially when it comes to some of those younger players
3: um, I think it's relevant to everyone uh, young or old or experienced or inexperienced we're always trying to work on like that the kind of trying to be present in in the moment and um, I think in the nature of well, I was going to say big games but any games there's going to be mistakes and errors and um it's it's if you make a mistake, not letting it uh, weigh you down, that you stay focused and stay on task. And equally, if someone else makes a mistake, that it it doesn't derail the team. Um, so I mean, I mean, big games are defined on such small margins. So it's to all you can do at the end of the day is be in control of of what's happening in front of you at any gov- one given moment. Um, that's the most important thing. So it's about all of us trying to get as close to that as possible. Uh, But it's always a work on, it's always a challenge, you know. Munster,
2: for their part, are looking to make it back-to-back wins over Leinster for the first time since 2015. Their last meeting came in the semi-finals of the URC last season and Munster scrum half Craig Casey stopped to chat with Owen about that today.
1: This Saturday, Leinster at the Aviva Stadium, this rivalry, if it had ever gone anywhere, is back. Do you Uh, take... Of any offense to the notion that Leinster didn't play their full, full, full team when he beat them earlier on this year and that you'd love to beat them with their full 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 team this
4: year, or, or do you not care about that sort of talk? No, I don't I don't uh, obviously Leinster have an unbelievable squad. I don't really care about that talk. Wouldn't, you wouldn't really have hear you wouldn't hear it from Leinster either, Lecture. I mean, it didn't come from Leinster that that talk. But I think Leinster trust anyone that they put out in the field and, and rightly so, they have an unbelievable squad of players. So you can't really say it's an A, B, C squad that they put out. I think anyone that comes puts on a Leinster jersey, especially in the semi-final, is going out there to win and doing everything they can to win. Obviously, they were missing a few top-class players that day as well. Uh, they went on to play in the Champions Cup the week after. But look, it's an exciting challenge to go up to Leinster and uh, it, they'll probably have, a, a per se, a full, full squad Uh out, so uh, it'll be a challenge we're looking forward to, and hopefully put down a, a marker against him as well.
1: You spoke a moment ago about that one penalty miss having a significant, uh, being a significant memory for you. It's, it is amazing how one moment can take confidence away, give confidence back. It's a bit of a clunky link here, but to Jack Crowley that afternoon in, in the Aviva Stadium uh, and the, the the big drop goal from knowing him so well was that a moment that gave him a bit of a rocket of confidence, or, or is he he's already already like that? Is he?
4: Um, yeah, I like that. Uh, he's he's confident in what he, he brings, and um, what he brings to an environment and stuff like that. I think as well, he's he's quite confident in that matter. But of course, that would give any player uh, a bit of confidence. Steering home uh, a monster side in a, in a huge game against a, a big Leinster side in the Aviva Stadium, it, it proves to yourself that you're a big game player. You've got those big game balls per se, and and he definitely showed him that day. And I think you only saw it in the the final of the URC as well. He he played a very good game in that game and kind of steered us home well. Bar his yellow card, obviously, uh, I had to get a bit of a dig in. <laughs> but, um, like, he he played a massive role in the, the South Africa win over at the World Cup as well. So I think it definitely probably gave him the confidence that he's a big game player and not that he needed much, but it really gives him that sense of purpose, I think, you now driving us on.
2: Also at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium today was Ulster Center Stuart McCloskey with a young baby in the house he's had plenty of distractions post World Cup disappointment. Owen asked him what motivates him now as a player
0: uh winning something yeah, um, yeah was not a good yeah not a good deal more yeah I'm not really turning up just to clock in like a kind of I'd love to do something and I'd love to do it with ulster as well I've been here so long it's probably I guess it's my tenth or eleventh full year so um, I'd be disappointed if I retire in four or five years or four years probably and, well that's with Ulster and all, and I have one thing.
1: Does that get spoken about in camp do you make a target at the start of the year that we want to visualise the URC trophy or we want to visualise the, the Investec Champions Cup I think every
0: team does really don't they? if you have any sort of aspirations as a team but um, I think our thing was consistently competing making sure we're always close enough and making sure we always get there all like get close enough to getting there all the time. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but you have to be there at the end of the day and um like yeah, we we want to win but we we'll have to get there first. There's a lot a lot of, a lot on the way to do first.
2: And Connaught back row, Paul Boyle has held the impact of Pete Wilkins at the province. He stepped out from the shadow of Andy Friend and led the Western province to four wins from their first five games of the new season. The rest of the squad are preparing for a meeting with the Bulls this weekend and Boyle told Owen that Wilkins is the key driver to their bright start to the campaign.
5: Pete is an unbelievable coach and I think the first five games have, have of this season have shown that. Where he is the man in charge. Last year, yes, he was more or less the man in charge, but Friendly was still there looking over his shoulder a, a, a small bit. So he's had full freedom this year and I think the results early on have proven kind of what we think of him as players. He's a top-class coach. He's the best coach I've ever seen, uh, nearly the best person I've ever seen for presenting to a group. Like, this fellow stand up with a meeting and it looks like he hasn't prepared anything and all of a sudden it's just bang, bang, bang and he gets right to the point in the best way possible to an, to engage a group like I always slag him like I remember when he was defence coach I think it was I think it was my first year so it was five or six years ago and he was defence coach and he, I remember he said R22 uh, is like the wall in Game of Thrones and use all these gimmicky stuff but <laughs> like to say a defence meeting against whatever team it was five years ago and that still sticks with me about not getting over the wall and the White Walkers and everything and I'm sitting there like but he's just whoever has media trained him is just hard on presenting skills is just unbelievable because i've never seen a coach or a person present as well as he does really? and then obviously he he'd be great to have on your show yeah, he um it sounds like it. Yeah, yeah he but he's so technically good like the small details the ins and outs of his coaching are outstanding um he uses a lot of stats and gathers a lot of information to get like his previews on other teams are a lot different to other coaches I've I've had because he goes into such depth on other teams and where their potential weaknesses are and where their their strengths are and um, stuff that from just watching it and I watch a lot of rugby from just watching it I wouldn't even see and he's able to find little weaknesses and strengths in teams that people wouldn't have seen before and also get it across to the group in a presentable way in a way that sticks with guys and it's a really impressive skill to have
2: owen farrell has opened up about his father's defense of him prior to the world cup you may recall that andy farrell lambasted what he called the circus around the england at half after he received a red card in a world cup warm fixture with wales Owen Farrell missed the August game at the Aviva as a result but not before his father lashed out at what he saw as the disgusting treatment of his son by some elements. Owen touched on that today in his chat with the England captain.
1: We had this amazing situation in the Aviva Stadium uh, with your father quite impassioned, um, I think it's fair to say, in, in talking about you and the, the coverage around you with regards to you know the, the, the ferrore, let's say, and, and all the noise and the build-up to, to the World Cup. It probably wasn't top of your mind at that point. But were you, were you aware what had happened at that press conference and, and aware that your father had, had spoken uh, so, impa- so so passionately in your defence because he makes a point of, of not trying to go there in I order that the press pack don't really ask about you naturally. It's just not something he wants to be talking about. This was very different. Uh, how did you feel when he, when he caught wind of that press conference and, and heard what he had to say? Because it, it was very strong stuff. Um.
6: I don't know. I guess it was nice for someone to be on my side at, yeah. that, at that point in time. Um, you know, it was just—it right, was. Just, I guess. It, I guess it was just someone. Um, obviously, he, he said at the time, "into that he knows he knows he's biased," um, but it was someone trying to speak um, logically, I guess, about about what had happened rather than the. Things getting run away with like like they kind of did, so um uh, yeah it was it was obviously nice to nice to hear some support from uh, and obviously i know I know he's my dad, but uh someone who's trying to make make sense of the situation, yeah
1: I think in Ireland in particular, we've just gotten to know your dad quite a lot over the last couple of years, and everybody in Irish sport loves him and like just has so much respect for him, and it was when he gets passionate about something. We know that there's no bullshit about it, that there's no he's not trying to make a point for the sake of making a point. He's not trying to make headlines. He will only ever speak that passionately if he really believes it. So I think it was less bias and actually more, you know, this is something I'm very informed on, obviously, and something I feel very deeply about. I think a lot of people probably would have been affected by what they heard heard there. So I I do wonder if, if, if things changed. Did you find the mood around the story changed after that? (laughs)
6: <laughs> um may, maybe a touch i, I don't know but I, I guess i guess thinking back to it now, just as you were speaking then it was i guess he just tried to attach the the human side to it um which which uh doesn't doesn't come on too many people's uh, too many people who speak out anyway is radar um yeah. and i know I know he talked about those those bits that that didn't all come out um that he talked about. Asking asking the people who, who's at home in our family, asking my mum and asking my wife about, about what they thought of it. Like it's so yeah, and see and seeing what effect it has on people because it's not it's not just it's not just the person the person that you're you're um talking about, I guess. So I guess it was nice for as I said, someone to speak fairly logically about about the human side of what was going on.
2: Away from the Hotspur Stadium, Blair Kinghorn looks like he's been appointed as Melvin Jaminet's replacement at Toulouse. Jaminet is set for an immediate move to Toulon, having fallen down the pecking order at the top Couture's Champions. According to reports in France, Edinburgh fullback Kinghorn will take Jaminet's place in that Toulouse panel. The move is set to be completed in the coming days. And finally, the All Blacks outgoing staff continue to find new homes. Former Ireland scrum coach Greg Feek has landed a new job with the Blues in Super Rugby. Fico will work under his former Crusaders coach, Vern Cotter, at the Auckland Outfit. And finally, Devon and Cornwall police have made contact with a man who allegedly racially abused Ugo Manya at the weekend. The former England back reported the incident which occurred as he was leaving Sandy Park on Sunday in the wake of the premiership clash of Exeter and Gloucester. Manya said at the time that no one challenged the individual or indeed reported the incident. In a statement, Devon and Cornwall police said today that we have identified and made contact with a man in connection to the incident and we are in the process of speaking to the victim. Our inquiries are currently ongoing into the incident. That's it for today's Rugby Daily. Don't forget to subscribe to the OTB Rugby feed. Leave us some positive feedback while you're there and keep this podcast coming to you Monday to Friday. My name is Richie McCormick. I'll have more Rugby Daily for you tomorrow. Till then, thanks for listening.